lunchtime, everybody. Terry Blunt back with you along with Jackson Feltz. I'm uh, filling in this week for Jason Puckett, who's on vacation for July 4th week. He starts his big show next week with Cliff Averill starting a week from today. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's talk about, uh, first of all, I want to mention our own Kevin Shockey. He always comes up with the best stat information. This is a good one. So the uh, odds are already out on how many wins the Cavs will have next year and how many wins the Lakers will have. <laughs> Even before they are so free agency. So, yeah, so, so far, <laughs> by the way, the odds are that the Cavs will win 29 games and the Lakers will win 53 games. Okay, my first thought is that seems a little bit high for Cleveland because who else <laughs> is on that team? I know. Yeah, so that's it. So in other words, they're saying that LeBron's worth 24 wins. That so, seems low. That seems low to me too. Yeah. yeah, that seems a little low to me too. So that that's interesting. Here's another cool thing I saw that was on ESPN about so from the moment that it was announced that LeBron was going to the Lakers, the Fanatics company, which sells all the gear, all the jerseys, all that stuff uh, for most of the professional leagues, their sales <laughs> went up. So from the time that LeBron announced he was going back to Cleveland in 2014, compared to this announcement that he was going to the Lakers, the sales were up 600%. Wow. 600%. For him to get Lakers gear and his number 23 Lakers uh, shirt. I so, guess there sure are a lot of bandwagon fans who are going to be. Yeah, well, that's what they were saying. <laughs> Everybody that hadn't said they were a Lakers fan in years all of a sudden is getting all their stuff out again. They've all they've all become Lakers fans again. But that is an incredible number, up 600%. Jeez. And apparently, also, yesterday, after the announcement was made, just in the time after the announcement was made, was one of the top ten sales day in Fanatics history. That makes sense. That is just now, phenomenal. Now they're selling twenty three Lakers jerseys, right? I think number so. twenty three. Well, I think they had originally just blocked it off in a is double zero till they knew exactly what was going to happen. Right. So I I think that's what because I saw happen. one rumor that he was going to be number twenty three, but that sort of I don't know Terry. What do you think? I mean, he was number six in Miami, and that I felt know. it felt like twenty three was reserved for Cleveland because that was the number he started out with, and you know it just yeah. it made a lot of sense. I don't know that that's official. To, I'm not sure, but yeah, it, it makes sense for him to either go back to six or take a whole new number. Yeah, well, I think when they first did this, they just blocked it off. Without a number. Go ahead and order your jersey. When we find out what the number is, yeah. we'll put it on there. So uh, I'm not sure if that's become official or not. But anyway, that's interesting at how, you know, that gives you an idea of how big this is. Yeah. It's it, The marketing thing is extraordinary. So, by the way, uh, Brad wants to take you up on that bet, apparently, here on the text oh, line. No way. Brad says, I will bet offline for sure. Minnesota is only getting better from 47 wins last year. Uh-huh. Denver will only go up with a great young team uh-huh. that missed the playoffs by one game with uh-huh. 46 wins. The Lakers will uh-huh. only win 43 to 46 games. Okay. It's ludicrous what Las Vegas is doing, <laughs> putting them at 7 to 2 odds. Are kids making these odds? So. <laughs> Well, okay. A A Vegas knows a little something about you know setting odds. Just going to say that first off. But you think the Lakers are going to win forty three to forty six games? 
With LeBron? Come on. LeBron just was on Cleveland, and they pulled off more than that. I, and this, the Lakers are going to add one more player, whether it be Boogie Cousins or, or Kawhi or something else. It isn't just going to be him. Yeah. You know, that that's ridiculous. It's silly to, to think that. Yeah. Come so on. we'll shall see. By the way, shout out uh, to Pittsburgh. We found out that 724 area code is Pittsburgh. Thank you, Pittsburgh area, for listening in on iHeartRadio here. That's cool. And a huge development that just happened at the World Cup. Terry just watched it happen. Japan oh, now yeah. leads Belgium 1-0. One one nothing. nothing at the start of the second half. Wow. That's that would a be a one. gigantic upset if Belgium was kicked out today. Kind of goes with the theme, doesn't it? Yes, it would. It definitely does. Wow. So here's another text from the 253. Braun will win championships in two years when they get Kawhi and Anthony Davis in free agent next year and when the Warriors dismantle next year. Well, hmm. yeah, I don't know they're going to dismantle, but yeah, I could see that, uh, especially since uh, Durant only opted for the one-year with the one-year option thing instead of going for the max deal. But uh, I kind of forgot all the uh, Anthony Davis stuff. That's very interesting because what it took him a year in Miami. They didn't win that first year. They lost to Dallas, right? Yeah. So it, it takes a little bit for everything to come together. So, and I know they had the Miami team already stacked, but but still, like to make everything work, maybe a, getting a year under him. I mean, listen, this is a guy Terry who what doesn't age, right? right. <laughs> LeBron yeah. James is going to be as good guy now right. as he is two years from now. It's just I think he so. defies numbers. Well, and then now he can, you know, he doesn't have to go through those cold Cleveland winters. That's he can point. just lay on the beach in Malibu. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. Here's a text from uh, UW Huskies 32 saying the Lakers won't win a title next year. Two words, Warriors, Rockets. Well, you know, we'll see. The Rockets couldn't get it done. Uh, of course, that's because Chris Paul got hurt. Uh, for people who listen to me regularly here know that I'm not a huge James Harden fan. I think he may be the most overrated player in the NBA. I think he doesn't play well at the key times when the game is on the line. All that, just have four guys stand down to the baseline and let me do my thing and shoot from 30 feet. <laughs> uh, Tell me how you really feel, Terry. Yeah, that's really how I feel. And how once <laughs> once Chris Paul went down, all that was exposed. So if Chris Paul stays healthy, maybe. You know, maybe they can make Who else is on that Houston team? And we know about those two. Well, guys. Capella, you know, is a really good player. I mean, they've got good players. I mean, if you put their cast of players up against what Cleveland's cast of players was around it's much better, I think. Although I know Cleveland has love and, and you know, they've got but I think they're they're really good players. But the point is they play this style of game that to me is just it's not even basketball. It's that old just have him stand out at the top of the key and have everyone else stand down low and play one-on-one, -on -one, hope he makes it. If he makes it, if he's on, they're great. If he misses it, like the game where they lost 33-pointers in a row or whatever it was, you're dead. And I just don't like that style of play. Does that go to coaching or just the well, way Harden plays? I, well, I, I guess they feel like it's the best way to get the most out of him. I don't think it is. And, and that, by the way, came after Chris Paul was out of the lineup. They didn't have that option. Mm -hmm. So I think they're much better with Chris Paul, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I just I just think he's a guy that when uh, he's a tremendous offensive player. There's no question about that. A tremendous shooter, can really get it done. But when the game's on the line and you need to have other things happen, I just think he makes way too many careless mistakes. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of his. But, hey, what can I say? So uh, we'll see. Hey, continue to send us in, by the way, your uh, thoughts on whether – uh, Paul George, why he stayed at Oklahoma City. Does he want to be a cowboy? Does he like oil wells? 
Does he like the musical Oklahoma? <laughs> you know, whatever you think it might be. Does he like dust over ocean shores? You know, whatever it was, it was dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's just a really bad decision. Continue to continue to vote on that. We'll announce that later coming forward too. A lot of cool stuff. So Japan is ahead, one to nothing over Belgium at the 52-minute mark. Uh, of that match that would be a gigantic upset were that to happen uh also send us your thoughts on continue to say whether or not lebron will win a championship with the lakers why he will or why he won't win a championship uh brad's really fired up here Cavs won 50 games in a week eastern conference cleveland roster with lebron is better than lakers roster with lebron by the time the lakers are relevant he'll be 36 years old uh disagree I, I just said, I'll, I'll say it again, LeBron defies age. The, the guy is going to be productive, and he's going to add more people to that roster so that the Lakers roster will end up being better than the Cavs roster. Like, no, it, no, no question. Yeah. Look, they're going to, you know, I'd be very surprised if they don't work something out to get Leonard. I just think that's that makes sense. Uh, I don't know what they're going to have to give up to the Spurs to get it, but whatever it is, it's worth doing. And, uh, you know, there were rumors last week that LeBron wouldn't go to the Lakers unless they ridded themselves of the Ball family, which obviously wasn't true. Well, okay, so theoretically, if he, I mean, LeBron James was, what, the head coach, general manager, and player for, for Cleveland, right? <laughs> right, pretty all. much, yeah. So, I mean, if he maybe there's a thought in his mind of, of I'm just going to do all three again here. I mean, look at this. His coach is Luke Walton. He yeah. was drafted like 30 spots after LeBron James <laughs> in 2003. They yeah. were in the same draft class, and he's now being coached by him. Uh, listen, it's not like he doesn't respect Luke Walton, but there's an element there of, listen, I know as much about basketball as you do, Luke. So yeah. LeBron, there's absolutely the, the assumption that he will coach the Lakers like he coached the Cavs. Now, if he's going to be the general manager and say, hey, Spurs, you know, he's going he's gonna to personally call Greg Popovich and be like, hey, we'll... we'll <laughs> Will you take uh, Lavar and Lonzo for, for yeah. an, an X and Y and Z for Kawhi? I mean, how how much of a hand LeBron will have in the goings on of that team compared to Cleveland is a big question. That'll be really interesting to see because he's so close to Magic Johnson. You know that they they really are buddies, and uh, I I think he respects Luke Walton and and what his coaching skills and what he knows about the game. But when it comes down to it, it's going to be the same thing. You know, this is going to be LeBron's team. Yeah. This is going to be what he wants it to be. How uh, Lonzo Ball fits into that. Lonzo Ball's a talented kid. I watched him when he was at UCLA. Uh, He constantly had to field questions about his crazy dad, you know, and maybe that's changed a little now, but. I could foresee that being a problem for them going forward if the ball thing becomes the sideshow that it has been at times. LeBron's not going to put up with that. What was the joke you made at the start of the show? How soon will it take for LeVar Ball to come out and say this is a chance for Lonzo? Yeah, to... right, something dumb like that. Yeah, this is the show that my, my boy's better than LeBron James. LeBron can't win without, without Lonzo. Yeah, so you know sure. something like yeah, that, yeah. but yeah, hopefully that won't happen for them. But I think they're going to be really good. So we'll see where it goes going forward and how LeBron does its showtime in L.A. And we're going to ask P.J. Corlesimo coming up in the next segment what he thinks about the trade, what he thinks they'll be able to do with LeBron, where he thinks it's going forward, and also what he thinks about Seattle's future getting an NBA team. He was, of course, here. When the Sonics left, no vault of his own, and he lives here. He's a great guy, and we want to ask him where he thinks that'll go going forward. So stick with us. We'll have PJ Carlesimo back when we come back at Sports Radio 950 KGR. Get on the good 
than 50000 Broadcasting live here in downtown Seattle on Seattle's original diehard sports station. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Terry Blunt in today for Jason Puckett, who's on vacation for July 4th week. Remember, next week he starts his new show with former Seahawks defensive end Cliff Averill. It's going to be great. We've all been looking forward to that. Cliff is a super guy. He's going to do a great job on the show, and I know they'll have a fantastic show together. We're all looking forward to it, but I'm in this week in a little transition period until that show starts on Monday. Uh, right now, we're going to uh, have a little segment to talk a little NBA, talk LeBron, talk about maybe a future for the Seattle Supersonics that we all hope will happen sooner rather than later. And we're going to bring in uh, P.J. Carlesimo to talk to us about that. As most of you know, he was the coach the last year the Sonics were here before they were moved to Oklahoma City. He's one of the great uh, thought process guys in all of basketball uh, he really knows the game better than almost anybody around. So, and he also lives here, which is really cool. So, joining us now, PJ Carlesimo. PJ, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. No problem, Terry. Good to be with you. Listen, is this the way you saw this going down all along with LeBron going to the Lakers? And uh, I know there was so much speculation about it. Will he stay in Cleveland? Would he go to Houston? Would he go to Philadelphia? And I kind of thought all along this is where it was headed. Where did you see it going? Well, I I wasn't sure. You know, I I bail out all the time, Terry. I leave it up to Woj and the insiders to figure out stuff in advance. And I'm... I wait till something happens, and then I try and uh, explain why and what's going to I thought he'd be there in Cleveland. I still, you know, there was so much over the years, and he was so comfortable in Cleveland that I really thought there was a chance when push came to shove, he might stay there. Uh, and when they, when they got to the finals again, even though obviously they, they, you know, they weren't as competitive as he wanted them to be, uh, I, I thought the combination of being home and the fact that they've owned the East for so long. I mean, if you're going to win a championship, you've got to get to the finals, and it's a lot easier to get to the finals in the East than it is in the West. So uh, I still thought there was a chance. You were hearing so much about L.A., you thought, all right, that's where it's going to be. But uh, it's not going to be easy. I know it's the Lakers. I know they're, you know there's ways they'll you know, manipulate the cap in the future, and certainly they're going to try everything they can do to get Kawhi right now. But, boy, I'll tell you what. It's a, it's a tougher path to a championship, I still think, in Los Angeles than it was in Cleveland. So I, I guess I'd say I'm, a, I'm mildly surprised. And it seems like he was willing to make this decision not knowing whether Leonard uh, would be there or not. Obviously, he knew when he made the decision that Paul George had decided to stay at Oklahoma City. So it seems like he was willing to do it, uncertain whether he would have another really big-name guy there alongside him so uh, what do you think was the deciding factor for him to to go ahead and and pull the trigger and go to the lakers well it would appear la had more uh magnetism if that's a word to him than i appreciated it you know i understand he's got his outside interests but i mean frankly he's so big i i think i thought he could manage them for everywhere he's obviously more comfortable being closer to all his operations now when you look at you know, the fact that uh, Maverick and, and Rich Paul, his people, are, are going to move out there. Uh, yeah, he's got homes, but you can have homes anywhere. You know, I, I think 
Uh, he's obviously very comfortable in Los Angeles. He certainly has a lot of faith in Magic and Rob Palenka and, and Luke Walton, frankly. And, and I think he's got an enormous amount of confidence in himself that he being there, somebody else will come. If it's not, uh, what's that baseball story? If they, they build yeah, it. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people are going to come. I, there are some people that are uncomfortable playing with LeBron. As great as he is, um, at times, he's not easy to be a teammate uh, to. But I, I think if it's not Kawhi, he thinks it's going to be somebody else in the future. And he, you know, he feels he's good enough. Um, you know, with he, I mean, let's be honest. He's played with some some supporting casts that weren't overly impressive, and he gets to the finals every year. Now I know that was coming out of the East. So uh, I, I one thing I think he really did. He's learned. I mean, if you look at the three announcements, uh, Cleveland to Miami, Miami back to Cleveland, and uh, this one was the smoothest. I think he knew where he was going from when. I don't know, but it seems like it's been a little bit of time now. He knew that's where he was going to go, and he's comfortable. And whether PG was going to be there now or whether Kawhi is going to be there now or in the future, that's where he wanted to be. So um, get ready. It's going to be a different, it's a different tier structure in the West, but one and two have not changed. Uh, you know, even if he gets Kawhi right now, and I'm obviously an enormous Kawhi fan, I, I still think they're at best third in the West right now. So it's, it's you know, it's still going to be an uphill battle, but it's certainly going to be a lot more interesting in the West. And if I'm one of those other teams in the East, I'm elated. All of a sudden, uh, the finals are back in everybody's sights again. Yeah, no question, especially in Boston and Philadelphia, two teams with a lot of good young players that are kind of seem, seem to be uh, rising stars. Why do you think, look, as you said, it looks like still the top two teams for the moment are Golden State and then Houston with Chris Paul and James Harden. Uh, they just signed, re-signed Chris Paul to a maximum deal. So why do you think uh, George decided to go ahead and stay in Oklahoma City? That seemed to be quite a shocker to a lot of people yesterday. Well, I think, first of all, they've done an exceptional job in terms of every other aspect, the way you're treated there, the facilities they have, um, you know, the, the commitment they have to winning. Uh, it, it's it's as good as, as anywhere else. PG is clearly comfortable playing with Russell, and whether he feels it'll be different with Melo next year or not, I don't know. Uh, I just think... You know, your best opportunity, when people always talk about recruiting guys, you know, and, and attracting free agents, uh, to me, your best opportunity is when he's there with you and he plays for you in the case of Billy Donovan and he lives there and, and he knows his teammates. So he likes it there. He was comfortable there. So they, they did a good job. I don't think it was recruiting. I think it was Oklahoma City sold itself. And that's where PG wanted to be, or maybe, and, and I don't know, I, I, you know, I just say this as a possibility, maybe he preferred the teammates there than playing with LeBron uh, in Los Angeles. 
Yeah, I mean, clearly, it looks like he's really happy there, obviously, and likes likes the guys there and likes Billy. So the the East obviously is wide open now, as you said, and there's these two you know young up and coming teams between the Celtics and the Seventy Sixers. The Celtics, uh, you have to wonder how good they would have been had they had Hayward all year. Uh, which of those teams going forward do you see as the one likely to take the reign in the East? Well, in my opinion, you have to give Boston a slight edge because of what they've done and how they've done it. I mean, namely without those two guys. Now, having said that, um, they benefit from the fact if, if Gordon doesn't go down, I, I, does Jason Tatum and even Jalen Brown, do they emerge to the level they did this year? Uh, if Kyrie doesn't go down, does Terry Rozier get to the level he got? Now, okay, they did that. Now they bring these other guys in. There's still an element of, hey, uh, it's, it's a different team next year. Uh, you, you gotta like the job Brad's done. So I, I just give Boston a slight edge because they've gone further, um, with a little bit less. And the, the guys they're adding, they're adding an all-star and an all-NBA level player. So I, I think that gives them an edge over Philadelphia. I love Brett Brown, the job he's done. There's a little bit of uncertainty. I think J.J. Redick is a critical piece for them uh, in Philadelphia. It's going to be interesting to see whether they can attract somebody else. But clearly, if Embiid stays healthy, if Ben Simmons continues to improve the way he did this year, uh, I mean, I love that team. I love their future. But I, I think Boston deserves a slight edge because they've been, you know, they've been the defending champ uh, in terms of the regular season, and they've accomplished a little more with a little bit, a little bit less of an established roster compared to what they'll have next year. I think it'd be cool to see it get back to kind of like the old days with the Celtics and the 76ers, and they had so many great games and rivalries uh, back in the day. It would be fun if it, it reaches that point again. Well, let me ask you about what everyone wants to know here, <laughs> and that's whether or not uh, we'll get a new Sonics team or just any NBA team here in the near future and what's, what's going forth there. I know so you live here. You know all about the Oak Group. You know all about the fact that it's it's going to happen. There's going to be an NHL team here. Uh, they're completely remodeling uh, Key Arena, making it almost double the size of what it is now, and they're doing it in a fashion, as, as they've talked about, as Lewicki talked about, where – all the locker rooms and everything they do is up to date and NBA, NBA ready. Everything the NBA would want. So my question to you is, do you foresee within the next, I don't know how many years, that eventually Seattle is going to get another NBA team here? Terry, there's no question in my mind we're going to get another NBA team. The, the, the obvious question is when. Uh, I think Adam Silver and the league uh, – without question, wants a team back here. They never wanted a team to leave in the first place. I mean, I, you know, I, I was coaching the one year I came here with our family. We thought it was going to be minimum three years. I, I don't want to get into the whys. I, I, I really think it was our fault. By our, I mean uh, Seattle, the politicians, us, the people, whatever. The way it was managed, we never should have lost that team, but we did. Um, I, I think the league knows for sure um, that we deserve a team, that we supported this team so well for so long, and I don't think there's any question that's where they want the next franchise to be. Now, to me, I don't see expansion on the horizon right now. Uh, I do think 
whatever team is ready. If we'd had this conversation five years ago, and I'm glad we didn't because I'd have shot my mouth off and said, for sure, we're going to <laughs> we <have> all did. <laughs> Memphis. We're going to have Memphis. We're going to have Milwaukee. We're going to have Sacramento. The next team that moves, we're going to get them. Well, for a lot of different reasons, those teams didn't move. And I, I think there's also a lesson in that for the people in Seattle that, that forget the league doesn't like teams to move. And they didn't like us leaving Seattle when we did. We, we had to cooperate to make that happen. I personally am disappointed because I live in Queen Anne. Yes, we're going to get – there's no question Mr. Lywicki knows what he's doing. I, he and his brother, you know, major league guys. But uh, I wish we had gone to Soto because I think there was a little more room to work with. Either way, we're going to get a world-class arena, and that's great. I just happen to live in Queen Anne, and I dread what Mercer <laughs> is going to be like now uh, with a hockey and a, an NBA team in the future. So I wish from a selfish standpoint – and, and uh, I, I think we had more more things going for us had we moved to Soto. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Neither of those decisions affect when we're getting a team. We're going to have a world-class facility. We are going to get, I think, the next team in the league. I, I What I don't feel good about is the when, because I just don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know what franchises are shaky or even contemplating making a move you know it for a while looked like milwaukee wasn't going to build a new arena it looked like memphis was going to sell to an outside person like happened to us here and certainly sacramento you know it looked like there was no way they were going to get that arena done but they all did so um i'm just afraid of the win but i'm extremely confident um that, that we're next and we're going to have a facility, uh, be it Key Arena, it's going to be a world-class facility. It, it'll be able to sustain hockey and basketball in a good way. Um, I, I just, I can't tell you, Terry, how many people told me when we first moved here, we've lived here for 11 years now, hey, Coach, we used to leave in the third quarter and watch the fourth quarter, like watch the end of the game at home, because <laughs> yeah. we knew if we stayed till the end of the Traffic. game, we couldn't get out of there. Right. So I'm saying, oh, my God, and, you know, I lived a mile away. All I had to do was drive down to the top of the hill. And, <laughs> you know, when you're coaching, there's so much going on after a game. It never bothered me, but I listened to so many people complain, and here we are again. We've created the same situation, but it's going to be a new building. It'll be a great building, um, and I, I think that's all good. There's no doubt in my mind it's going to be us. There's a lot of doubt as to when, unfortunately. There's a lot of people with you, including me, who thinks the Soto deal would have been better, uh, a brand-new arena and everything, the Chris Hansen group going, but it didn't turn out that way. Now let's just do whatever we can to make this work out. And now we have this preseason game that's going to happen between Golden State and Sacramento up here uh, in the fall. And I know it doesn't matter that much in the in the grand scheme of things, but I've always felt that I'm going to be there because I want I want everyone to see we still love the NBA despite what happened. I want people to be there with Sonics jersey on. I want them to be rooting to really enjoy it to fill that place up and at least have that one night to be able to say, "See, we all showed up here. We really do care. We really do want this to happen." Is or is that something that you think matters and and uh, something you'd like to see? Something I'd like to see. I can't say that it matters. I, I don't mean it that way, but I, I just think that I, I, Kevin Durant loved playing here, loved living over on Mercer Island, and I can't tell you how many nights I sat 
in the, the practice facility, which is now, of course, replaced by the Gates Foundation, but uh, and heard a ball bouncing at 1 or 2 in the morning, and I knew it was KD. I just hope there's a lot of green and white, 35 jerseys here. Uh, and, you know, I, I would like people to, the, for the message to be, hey, NBA, we loved you when you were here. Um, fine. We're, we're all disappointed. There's still so many people that root against OKC. I'm sure there's a, a bunch that root against KD, but uh, that's not going to matter. We, we need the Sonics back here. Uh, we need NBA basketball back. And frankly, the league needs it too. The two worst trades that ever happened in the league were Vancouver for Memphis and yeah. Seattle for OKC. Uh, and especially Seattle for OKC, and the league knows that. Uh, you know, Adam and Adam Silver, the commissioner, the people can't say that, but a week doesn't go by, like during the season when I'm doing games, wherever we travel, that an that a NBA official, that a referee, that a coach, that a player doesn't say, man, we miss coming to Seattle, and uh, not as much as the people here in Seattle miss the NBA, but it's got to happen going forward. And, yeah, it's nice. It's just nice to have an NBA game back here. Hopefully it'll be positive. Hopefully it's not going to be people demonstrating and crying about, you know, all the things that happened. Uh, I think we got to look forward. We can't look backwards. I agree. And, by the way, after those uh, comments about uh, the move from uh, Seattle to Oklahoma City, I guarantee you any bar you want to go in and Queen Anne tonight, they're going to be buying you drinks, PJ. <laughs> there's, there's no question about that. They're going to love you for that, as we all know. Listen, we really appreciate you coming on. Great insight, as we knew it would be. Uh, hopefully things work out here uh, sooner than later. We'll see what happens on that, and it'll be fun to see what happens with LeBron James and the Lakers. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, Terry, great being with you. Thank you. Take care. That's P.J. Carlesimo. He was the final coach for the Sonics, as most of you probably know, and the team left and went to Oklahoma City. And as you can tell, that was not a popular move with P.J. as it was with 99.9% of the – it wasn't with 99.9% of the people here. So it was great to hear his thoughts on that. You know, Jackson, one thing about what he said is it seems like he knows there will be a team here in the future, but it may t- take the NBA agreeing to have an expansion before that happens because they don't want teams to move. And it seems to me that cities in general now, when it this has happened so many times, I've seen it happen over and over again, where a franchise says, if you don't build us a new arena, we are leaving. I mean, look at the Chargers situation. The Chargers forever tried to get San Diego to agree to build them a new stadium. They would never vote it in, and finally they left. And by the way, they are all but hated in Los Angeles. You know, I was stunned when I was there to realize how much the people of Los Angeles really disliked the Chargers. So now they're there because they said, you know, if you don't build us an arena, we're going to leave, and now we're going to – and they, and they did. And it happens over and over again. But it seems like cities are finally figuring out – that when you get that ultimatum, you better answer the call, or you're gonna you're gonna lose the team. Yeah, it's the joke with Los Angeles. I have family down there too, uh, through my wife, and the the most popular team in Los Angeles is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that's right. In a couple of years. Well, yeah, people are going to go there to watch the Raiders. But I mean, yeah, they 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 love the Rams. I mean, they really like the Rams, and I think the Rams now are a legitimate shot to go to the Super Bowl. They got a great team moving forward. They're going to have the new stadium there, which the Chargers will play in too. Maybe once they get over there, it'll be different. But I've even heard talk now that, 
hey, if you guys, hey, we'll come back if you guys will build us that arena. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to listen. I saw it happen in Houston when the Oilers said, look, uh, Bud Adams said, we got to have a new arena. We can't play in the Astrodome anymore. If you don't build us, we're going to leave. They left, went to Nashville. What happens? They go out and build a new arena and get another team. It happens over and over again. People don't understand, you know, whatever the cost is, to build a new arena, and I realize it's outrageous these days, it's worth it for what it brings to your city, for all the value that team brings to your city that you don't have without them. So it will be interesting to see whether or not we get a team moving forward sooner rather than later. I'm afraid it's probably still going to be a few years before that happens. But, hey, when we come back, we are going to talk to Inverness about all the stuff he's going to have on his show today. I'm sure he's got a lot of thoughts about Cam Chancellor, a guy he knew very well and covered every single game that the guy was here. So it'll be fun to see what Ian has to say about that. Stick with us. We'll be right back at Sports Radio 950 KJR. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live on Seattle's original diehard sports station, Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man. Terry Blunt back with you. One last segment here with Jackson Belts. We have our totals that we're going to announce our final totals on our polls today. First of all, why did George Paul, why did Paul George decide to go to Oklahoma City? You've got to be kidding me. Here's your pick. 53% says he dreams to become a cowboy. <laughs> and then there's a very close for second. That was 18% said he liked dust over ocean breezes. And 16% said he loves the musical Oklahoma. Only 13% said he wants to work on an oil well. So uh, that's your thoughts on why he decided to stay. Then we did one on Cam Chancellor. What is your most memorable moment of Cam's career? An overwhelming winner at 61% was the big hit on Vernon Davis in the big game against Santa Clara years ago that we all remember that big hit. I thought it would be more for the Super Bowl hit on Darius Thomas, Ian. It was only 24%. 9% said the 90-yard interception against Carolina. And this also surprised me. Only 6% were the two times he jumped over the line of scrimmage on oh, the field God. goal attempts by Carolina. How so, do you pick uh, your favorite child? Uh, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. I, I know... You know, you covered every game of his career. Yeah. A great guy. What are your thoughts on yesterday's announcement? Well, I just it was the inevitable. I think we all expected it to come, and it, it's still sad. I mean, it's still – I'm not sure if I've enjoyed watching a football player more than than Cam Chancellor or a guy I rooted for more often than Cam Chancellor. And I think a lot of the reason was because, yeah, he's physical, uh, but he was different. Yeah. He was just different. I mean, just a, an enormous safety – that played the game with such great passion. Uh, his leadership, the way he handled and carried himself, with the exception of the contract dispute, obviously that comes into play. But I think, by and large, if you take that out, I, I just to find any criticism of him is nearly impossible uh, as a football player and as and as a human being. I mean, I just I, I'm just a big big fan, and so I'm sad that he's going to be gone. I'm sad he's not going to be around. Uh, it was, um, but it was that, that statement yesterday was just heart wrenching for yeah. me. Well, he loves the game. You can tell he loves the game. Yeah, I think that's the thing, Terry. That you know, and you, you for many years uh, in your former in your former life, you were doing the same <laughs> thing I was. You were at every game and moment away. We're we're dealing with these guys, and I know probably for you as me and a lot of guys, he was a go to guy because without he was, question, you know what? And he was accountable. Now, 
The exception was 2016, the holdout season. It was odd. He was very odd. That whole year was odd. Remember, he didn't talk at all. He yeah. was just very. He was very distant. And and I, whatever was bothering him, contract wise, they figured it out. And we we saw the old Cam last year. And I've learned to not uh, get too read too much into guys these days on their business decisions. They yeah. have agents and yep. PR people and everyone telling them what to do and and what you have to do and why you have to do it. And I think it, frankly, I think it just gets them down. Yeah, I think so. I, I think they actually you know get kind of depressed over it. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a tough situation for him, and, and something that I'm sure he never intended or wanted to go through. But it, you know, it was it was disappointing. But it, 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 as it ends up, it's a good thing for him yes, because they owe him a lot of money. <laughs> no, and and you know, the finances of the NFL are such a tricky oh, thing. It's crazy. You know, I, I I mean, I was you know people have been asking, and I'm sure the same thing with you know why doesn't he, why isn't he actually retired? And it's well because there's money involved. It's it's the same thing that the future host of this show is went through <laughs> right uh, you know i mean i mean truth be told we yeah, all we had to wait yeah. we all knew cliff we here at the station knew because he knew that he was done you mm-hmm. know back in december when they first started talking about his next career move but he couldn't say anything and do anything because of the protocol and and you know crossing the t's dotting the i's you know how does it work for the team how does it work for him trying to find a solution that that makes both sides somewhat happy and i think the same thing with cam you know if he retires and saves them a ton of money but if you're cam why the hell would you no one do that i mean yeah, it's crazy. Why, yeah you're nuts to do that so whatever the whatever the buyout ends up being what have you the bottom line is this as you said he will not play again and and for that i think we're all a little bit worse off and i was hopeful and i don't know what will happen on this and i don't know what his goals are for the future but i think it would be great if he was still around you know, if they end up putting him on the pup list, yeah. if he's still out there on the sidelines during games, if maybe he can talk to some of these younger guys that are going to be in the secondary yes. uh, for the Seahawks, that would be great. I think that he has so much respect, commands yeah. so much respect, and I don't, I don't know that that'll happen, but I would love to see it happen. Well, what I would like to, you know, he's he's such a workout warrior, and you know, I, I would love to see him work with. You know, with Mondre and the rest of the guys and the weight staff and the training staff, because I think I think he has something to give there that's tangible. And then, as you said, the other intangible part of it would be his just his leadership and who he is. I, you know, that was really important. You know, he was around a lot last year at the end, and so was Cliff. Yeah, and and it was interesting because you've seen guys get hurt before, and and I, you know what, and Sherm was too. We'll give him credit as well. A lot of times, guys get hurt and they disappear. they're gone. They yeah. disappear. Those dudes were all around. And that, that I think that meant something last year. That that helped this team a little bit. But it's yeah, it's a bummer, man. It's just a and God on that play, you know. I know. That's, isn't that it's the oddest thing? A, you would have never think your poor question is all these all these violent collisions, right? And the most really obscure, meaningless hit mm-hmm. ever ends his career. And the same with Cliff. Yes. I mean, such a strange play. Yeah, to have that happen yeah. on. So yeah, but it just shows how vulnerable these guys are yes. in this era, especially of the NFL, where guys are so big, so fast, so strong. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's a it's a difficult thing when you have to end your career in that manner. So, you know, we're all going to miss him, and we all think the world of him, and all the fans do as well. Yeah. And we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah. What you got going on today? We're going to there's a couple things I'm going to do. We'll, we'll obviously spend some time talking about uh, about Cam. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this: the interesting thing, and by the way, I think Belgium just scored. Did they just score? Yeah, and Monday by the day. way, oh. By the way, it was two to nothing Japan with like the fifty-three minute mark. What in the world happened? Now it's three to two Belgium. I, I, I told Kevin Shockey, I literally came in, I, I was talking to him for a second, looked up at the score, two nothing. I walked down the hall, dropped something off in our promotions department, 
said hi to a couple of people, walked back, and it's 2-2, and now in stoppage time. I was going to say, it's a good thing Puckett's not here because he'd be going crazy about Belgium winning this game in stoppage time. Yes. He, was, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't like that at all. I, just, it's like, <laughs> I think it's the dumbest thing. I, honestly, if, of all the things in soccer that are dumb, uh, and, and there's a few things, I would put, you know, uh, our buddy from Brazil today rolling around after someone touched his ankle, you know, at the top of the list. But stoppage time. Yeah, the Mexico coach, by the way, had some things to say about that. He was not too happy no, about that. But the most, the subjective stoppage time thing in soccer is just asinine. Yeah. I, this this ha- this goal scored in the fourth minute of stoppage time of four, and you know, and they always let you go like an extra run, and, and yeah. there's, there's no clock. It's just subjective, you know. I anyway. But hell, that's a hell of a comeback for Belgium. So uh, we'll do. We'll talk about Cam today. There's a hit that that no one has talked about. That's my favorite play of Cam. It's, to me, it's when Cam Chancellor arrived. Yeah, it's when he arrived, and it happened back in 2011. I'll tell you about that. Uh, put a little Twitter poll up there as well. Uh, which of the former Seahawks listed are you going to miss the most? Oh, that's a good one. Bennett, yeah. Sherman, Averill, or Cam? Wow, that's a really good one. So we'll t- discuss that. And uh, this is the 10th anniversary of the worst day in Seattle sports. Oh, uh, you, you had to bring that up. Ne- you know what? I'll, I will never let it go on this day. Um, <laughs> but I, and, and yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, uh, my show, it was right in the middle of my show, we got word about the, uh, yeah. the settlement. So a we'll talk dark about that. day for sure. Yeah. Stick around. Uh, Ian's coming up here on Sports Radio 950 KGR. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'll be here all week with Jackson Feltz. Stick with us. No shirt, no shoes, no ties. Anybody like to smoke some pot? I was born to love you. I was born to lick your face. I was born to rub you. But you were born to rub me first. What do you need my dress for? We'd like to send out a mailer. Mother of me!